I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on disabilities and hip hop. We're taking a look at this issue of people being disabled, finding empowerment, and also finding employment and pursuing their dreams despite life-altering circumstances. Some people are born with disabilities, other people come to have disabilities and become wheelchair bound as a result of gun violence as we see so often in our communities and from accidents. We're talking today with an amazing panel about how a group of forward thinking disabled men are paving a way for others in hip hop and in the entire music industry, setting an example that being in a wheelchair does not mean that you have to stay out of the game. Joining me for this conversation, multi-platinum producer Amadeus. Amadeus, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate it always. Thank you so much. Also with us is Namel Tapwater Norris. He is the founder of the Four Wheel City Movement for Improvement. He is wheelchair bound. He came to be disabled after a shooting in the streets and decided that he wasn't going to let that stop him from pursuing his hip hop dream and empowering other people in his circumstances. Namel, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thank you Glad so much. Also with us is Rick Velasquez. He's a producer for Four Wheel City. He also is wheel, wheelchair bound and trying to show other people that that doesn't mean that you can't have a career, that you can't go after what you want, and that you should not let anything stop you. Rick, great to have you with us. Pleasure to be here. Been waiting thank for this moment forever. Yeah, thank you so much. Namel, I want to start with you on this because you came out with me right before the pandemic we were doing mm -hmm. a story about wheelchair accessibility in the subway system. And yep. I have to tell you that I've been in the subway many, many times under many circumstances, but going through that system with you and seeing what you have to do just to be able to get around in a wheelchair was a real eye opener for me. So I want to thank you for being with us. What do, we want, what do you want people who are not disabled or wheelchair bound to understand about your experience? Well, uh, okay, so again, thanks for having me. Um, that, that That's a real broad question in a sense, um, in terms of just like the, the experience from, from start to where I am now. But I think the whole thing coming coming into this this conversation and like from music to being disabled, I think what, what people have to understand is that there is like, there is a different, um, there's a different culture that comes comes with being disabled that I learned after I became disabled and got into a wheelchair. And I think before before I was in a wheelchair, I didn't I didn't I didn't understand that. I didn't have no sense of um I didn't have a sense of awareness of what somebody with a disability was capable of. So when I first got into a wheelchair, I thought my life was over. Like I thought um you can ask Rick when we first met I, I had so many questions like simple things of how I'm gonna tie my shoe, how I'm gonna do this. Forget getting into music. So I think when it comes to a lot of that stuff is that the first initial thing is is for people if you get disabled is at that moment don't ever think your life is over and that that, that sounds cliche but we're testimonies of that and we come from the bottom to get where we at now so that's one thing and i think the other thing is for people who who see people with disabilities to not put not 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 stereotype and think that you know what they're going through and you know what their abilities are and that and that's what we've been trying to break through. And, and, and we're going to we're, we're going to talk about that, Rick. In terms of your situation, how did you you were not born disabled? What happened to you? On um, me, I, I was walking home from school and I got hit by a straight bullet. 
And it's so sad how this happened a long time ago and it's still going on today. Every single time I, I be watching you a lot. You, I'm sick and tired of seeing you coming through the hood, another me getting shot by a straight bullet. It's, it's sick, it's gotta stop. And how old were you when that happened? I was 18, I was in the 12th grade. Oh, wow. And we're, we're gonna talk about how, how that changed change your life. Amadeus, we don't often talk about this in the hip hop community, this this topic. And we, we really wanted to talk about it because it's a it's a reality. Every community, unfortunately, the stray bullets, especially, you know, with all of the shootings that continue to go on. And um, I, I wish one day I would never have to report on another one. That would be my that would be my ultimate dream. But in, in terms of the hip hop community, have you encountered people working in the field who are disabled or wheelchair bound? I haven't really seen a lot of people uh, in the business working wheelchair bound, but I have seen various individuals working that are disabled in other ways. Um, um, so I think I, I think this is a great platform. I think this is a great topic to talk about it, just to encourage people, um, like Tapwater said, that are you know disabled, and to just let them know, like you know, that doesn't stop you from living your dreams. That doesn't stop you from being great. Um, you know, I've known Tap. We grew up together. We from the same hood. We from the Bronx. You know, um, I I knew Tap. You know, when 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 he wasn't disabled. You know what I mean. So when it happened, it, it was definitely tragic. Um, but I've seen him really step up to the plate. I've really seen him do some amazing things with his team, with his brand, and shout out to Rick as well. Um, so it's just great to see. So he's a true testament. They're true testimonies of that you can still do it. It might take you a little longer because you may not be able to move around as fast as you used to or as quickly as you can or like everyone else, but that still doesn't stop you from doing it. So I'm grateful that we're having this conversation, um, you know, talking about disabled uh, individuals that have a love and passion for music. And, you know, the doors are open and it's different, different things in different areas in music that you can function and work in that doesn't have to, you know, have you moving around a lot. So Jumping a lot around, moving equipment and all that kind of stuff. And we're, we're going to talk Absolutely. about those when we come back. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about disabilities and hip hop with some trailblazers in this entire area. Stay with us. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts. And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about disabilities in hip-hop with a trailblazing panel trying to raise awareness about this issue. The number of people, unfortunately, in wheelchairs continues to grow. Not people who were born with disabilities, but people who became wheelchair bound as a result of injuries they've suffered during shootings on the streets of the United States. So joining me for this conversation, multi-platinum music producer Amadeus. Amadeus, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I appreciate it always. Thank you so much. Also with us is Namel Tapwaters Norris. He's the founder of Four Wheel City, the movement for improvement. Namel, thank you so much for being with us. Good to be here. We appreciate it. Also joining us is Rick Velasquez. He's a producer with Four Wheel City. He's also wheelchair bound and he was became wheelchair bound at the age of 18 by a stray bullet while in high school. Namel, tell us a little bit about your story. How What happened to you? Well, okay. So when I was 17, um, my cousin, he was playing around with a gun that we had, like getting involved in the streets and it went off and struck me in my neck. And, um, left me paralyzed from like mid chest down. And, you know, it is, it, it was a crazy thing. Um, I was 17 years old and lost. And, and at that time, 
And that's when I ended up me and Rick. And you know, get, I was I was doing music before that. Um, like Amadeus tell we went to the same art art school, Saint Saint Augustine. Shout out to Saint Augustine people. Yes, sir. We was doing, I was just, I was into music, then getting involved in the streets. It took a turn with me and my cousin, where he ended up, you know, ended up with a gun playing with it. And then it just, it led to this this tragic thing that happened to me. But thank God for music, you know, and faith. And um, me and Rick, you know, and Rick is all, like, I just have found Forward City by myself. Rick, we, we built this from, like, from the moment we met each other. And so that's pretty much my story, what happened to me, you know. And um, it's been a journey. <laughs> But um, you know, it's about like what we what we trying to do is not not make it such a sad thing, and that's what I love about hip hop because it gave me an opportunity to like put a spin on the whole energy of what happened to me. Right. Not not just just the energy of it. It's like I got an opportunity through my music to like put a spin on it. No, and that's a great thing, Rick. And, and I don't I don't want to dwell on the shooting part because I want to talk about these amazing things that you guys have been doing. But I just want people to understand because we have, as Rick said, yeah. you know, uh, it, it's like I come into the neighborhood and people are like, "Oh, oh Lisa Evers is here. Who got shot?" Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah. unfortunately that kind of a climate. Mm -hmm. um, although there has been progress being made, thank God, recently. But Rick, you're you're 17 years old. You're coming home from school. You're hit by a stray bullet. You're a young man. All the, you know, looking forward to everything, and then all of a sudden, you just can't move the way that you would normally have moved before. What kind? What were some of? The, tell us what your like some of your darkest moments were. Uh, lucky for me at the time, I was eighteen actually. Eighteen, I'm and, sorry. And um, it felt like a movie. To this day, still, I think about it. Feel like I was in the movie, <laughs> but um, I had a girlfriend. She was pregnant at the time. Oh wow! And um, she was four months pregnant, and that became my motivation. I didn't have time to think about me getting shot. My main focus was to survive and be there for the child in the future. And I'm glad I, he's a grown man now. Uh, uh, I'm glad I fought hard and it wasn't, it, it, he became my motivation. And then I didn't really the, care about the, me being in the chair anymore. I had to the, live for somebody. No, exactly, exactly, and that, and and that, and that's a great thing, Namel. In terms of the, what made you really want to get, you know, really make this like the linchpin of your whole music effort and your music career? Tell us about that, because you guys have done some amazing videos, incredible songs, yeah. even live performances. Now, mm -hmm. tell us about that. Well, it's like when so when I first got into chair, like I I I've always could rap, and um, but when I first got into chairs, like um, I just felt like shout out to hip hop because it's like me being a student of the culture and like what I'm realizing now is that, um, I didn't realize then back when we first started that disability has a culture and what I was what I, I was being exposed to this disability culture. And I was like, and, and sometimes it was good. A lot of times it was bad, but what I was realizing is that I never heard no stories like this in hip hop. I never heard nobody talk about what somebody in the wheelchair go through. I never heard nobody express those emotions. I never heard nobody like, and I never heard nobody do it. I never, I never heard nobody do it the way I thought hip hop should do it. You know, like I'm thinking about Nas, I'm thinking about Biggie, thinking about Tupac, and I'm thinking about how they all had something that they, a story they had. And I was like, what I want to do, I want to bring the story of a guy in a wheelchair into hip hop. I want to fuse this new, this new voice into hip hop and tell these stories. And it was kind of scary at first because I knew 
like my peers and people around me probably wouldn't get it, but thank God for Rick for giving me that that platform as a producer when we first met. And I just wanted to be able to like use my talent to express these stories. I was going through these things. I was going through not being able to get into the store because it wasn't wheelchair accessible. I was going through like um, um, things that that was making me feel like people were treating me like uh, uh, like my disability was a joke. And then I was also meeting people who didn't have like hope. So all that boiled into one was like gave me gave me opportunity to express myself through music and talk about all these things. And and then when I started to see that um, there there was a market for it, where people would there was places we could go. Because one thing about hip hop, I think while there never been a story about this stuff, is because I don't think the hip hop gatekeepers or the people who make these decisions to bring on talent, I don't think they understand the disability market. And like, this is all over the world. So what I started to see is like, we don't even need to chase like the hip hop things. We can, we can cater to a lot of disability platforms. So that's what we started to do. And it has been taking us all around the world. And, and, and it's been a beautiful thing because I've been able to bring the whole hip hop movement into disability bring disability and bring this new and bring a new energy and also i'm I'm sure too for like uh, the young people especially going through it for the first yeah. time who, who went through the kind of changes that you guys had to go through um amadeus this is like the quint to me this is like the best part of hip-hop is that whole idea of like nothing's going to stop us right yeah. um yeah like and like i said it, it's not even about sitting here as, as someone in the industry and saying hey hey everyone here's what you can do it's like they're entertainers, they do shows, they go to, you know, arenas, they go to venues and do shows, right? And we celebrated hip hop in a big way. We had the locks versus Dipset, right? Of course, you know, just, just how things go in music or entertainment, things do not start on time, right? So right. If, we, if we can sit there and be patient and wait, you know, just the locks and wait for the Legends Dipset to get on stage, we can wait for tap, we can wait for it, you know, to, to allow them to get to the venue, however they need to get to the venue to deal with the, you know, the accessibility, of, of the time and the patience that it takes to get from the dressing room to the stage. It's, it's, it's all there, man. It's all there. So there's no reason of why someone who's disabled can't be in music. Like you can be an artist, you can be a songwriter, you can be a producer, you know, tap waters is an artist, you know, Rick is a producer. You can be an engineer, you know, and I, I, the engineer is very important. The music engineer is, is who records the artist is who mixes the songs and make it sound good. Namel, give, give us an idea of, of some of the things that, that you and Rick have, have been doing as co-founders of Four Wheel City. Okay, so we've been, we've been doing a few things. Like, um, like since, since, this, since this is disability and hip hop, I'm, I'm just like, let's go like to hip hop. We've been, this picture right here, I keep on my walls, like from the XXL magazine, when we was called Role Models, shout out. Cause, cause a lot of this, what we do is like, we are trying to break barriers through our own disability culture. So it's like, we've been, that's what we've been doing. Shout out to XXL, shout out to The Source, shout out to Revolt, shout out to um, Fox Fox News, shout out to um, the Underground Music Awards, shout out to the Just Those Music Awards, um, shout out to the United Nations, the White House, shout out to, um, who else, Rick? Um, a okay, lot of no, no, we know that we, wait, wait, hold on. We we know you're getting a lot of support. We want to hear about what you're doing. Rick, tell tell no, us about it in, in terms of in terms of producing. Have you encountered any types of oh okay? Any yeah, issues? We were, let, let me get let me get Rick in here on this. Rick, what in terms of in terms of producing, are there certain issues that you have to deal with that somebody who is not wheelchair bound would have to deal with? Because we have a lot of aspiring music producers in the audience too. Um, to be honest, um 
that's the reason why I had to build my own studio from scratch in my house. And um, cause I didn't have it wasn't there wasn't a blueprint. I didn't know anybody with a disability that was a producer. Luckily for me, before I got into the wheelchair, I had the love for music. I used to DJ. So once I became disabled, I still had the passion and love for music. So my mom's she bought me a, um, a drum machine, NPC two thousand. Yes, sir. I just, I, <laughs> I'm I sure Amadeus knows what that is. <laughs> yes, you know sir. So, right there. And, and the funny thing about it is, I, I still remember how she um got the money for me to buy the NPC two thousand. She got um. It was a check she got from, from, from disability, her first wow. check. She gave it to me. But she knew I had the love for music. So I went and bought the MPC 2000. Matter of fact, it's on that picture right there. Um, so I started learning it on my own. I didn't go to school for music. I learned everything by myself just by making errors. That's how you learn. Like oh, like completely completely self-taught. All right, we're talking we're talking about disabilities and hip hop, very inspiring stories about some trailblazers trying to bring hip hop into the whole disability culture around the world. We're gonna find out more how they're doing that when we come back. Yo, what up, this your homie Ace Hood and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about disabilities and hip hop. Uh, there are a growing number, unfortunately, of people in our communities, especially young men who are being disabled and become wheelchair bound at a very young age due to the shootings and the gun violence that's going on in the streets. Others from accidents. What we're focusing on is how, how a group called Four Wheel City, hip hop group, hip hop duo, they are blazing a trail trying to bring that hip hop spirit of we can do it no matter what to the disability culture. Joining me for this conversation is Amadeus. He's a multi-platinum music producer. Amadeus, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa, always appreciate you. Thank you so much. Also with us is Namel Tapwaters Norris. He's the co-founder of Four Wheel City, the movement for improvement and an artist. Namel, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is Rick Velasquez. He's co-founder of Four Wheel City and he's also a music producer and also wheelchair bound. Rick, thank you so much for being with us. Pleasure to be here. We, we, really, we really appreciate it. Um, Namela, in, in terms of the stereotypes, what are some of the, help us who are not wheelchair bound understand some of the stereotypes you deal with? Because I think people feel like when they encounter somebody in a, in a wheelchair, do you crouch down? Is that insulting? Do you extend, you know, like, how do you, like, give us, give us a little, you know, like manners, like just basic, some basic etiquette. Yeah, this, 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 that, that's that's a big thing um, because you have you have you have two you have two variations of that because you have the people who literally think you can't do anything. Like I've been out places and people surprise I'm still out. People still like when you do good things, people think you can't do that. And then people sometimes on the flip side of that think you're helpless, like you said, and then you can't do nothing for yourself. And that's a tricky thing because sometimes somebody might really need that assistance or that help. But sometimes it could be just, it could be like um, too much of a patronizing thing when somebody thinks, right. just automatically thinks that somebody just necessarily needs help because they see him with a certain condition or a certain disability. And 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 I think I think communication is, 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 is very valuable in that sense because people have to be, a little more open-minded to the possibilities of someone 
and on both sides, it has to be um, some some kind of be, being able to be open-minded on both sides, somebody who's disabled and somebody who sees someone disabled and maybe thinking they can't do anything. And we and, and, and it has to be questions asked, but they, they the people can't automatically just assume. And I think a lot of assumptions come into play. And if we could break down that wall of assumption and give, because everybody with a disability is not the same. Me and Rick, we, we both in wheelchairs, but our disabilities is not necessarily the same. Certain things he can do, I can't do. Certain things I can do, he can't do. And that's everybody. So it's like you got to encounter people on an individual level and, and um, take it from there. And I think, but I think if someone who doesn't have a disability and counsel on a disability, I think if you can, if you can have a sense of, um, see their capability before you see them as like because in one of my songs like why they treat me like a vegetable like right. that, that's that's the movement it's like welcome to four wheel city and it's like first i like to say well it's a piece of christopher reeves but i got something on my chest that's been bothering me what's the problem b when i'm out in the streets it's like i can't go nowhere what's wrong with me i come when i go to the store i gotta call first to see if it's wheelchair accessible i come they treat me like a vegetable y'all like i ain't here and i can say i don't care but the truth is i can't walk up the stairs so i need a ramp and an elevator too and while you at it bring accessible bathrooms when you want the same oh, thing that's, if a, it whole, that's a whole th that's a whole thing rick, rick in terms in terms of in terms of the access in terms of the accessibility how has that like what have you you found like do you feel things are getting better or do you feel like like cause i'm just thinking like when, when i was with namel and we were going into the subway that subway elevators a lot of people were like why do you need so many elevators to get into the subway mm -hmm. You know, like the it was it was a very big uh, you know very big issue. What are you finding in that regard? Um, it has gotten better now, but when we first started, Four Wheel City it was horrible. It's it's better, but it could be way better, especially in the Bronx. A whole bunch of hills up there, and the and the the curb cuts they need fixing. So the mayor's watching. Come on now, we gotta fix the Bronx, man. So the the curb cuts and then and then in, in terms of in terms of the producing like you had you, you built the studio in your own home yes so you have the studio there what give us an idea of how you had to modify the studio really my um my apartment is wheelchair accessible so I didn't have to do much but I got a table and regular studio table that's what's convenient about because when you're in a studio really you sitting down I'm already mm -hmm. sitting down. So I didn't, I didn't have to do anything. I, I got the keyboard. I have to sit on the table. I play the piano. got the microphone. Everything is... It's all, it's all right. It's all right there. And Amadeus, in terms of the way music is produced now, because you're, you're a live musician, but you also do a lot of producing. I was with you in the studio one time, and right. you had the joint from Chris Brown. He was in Las Vegas, and some another artist was in Atlanta, and you're putting all this, this together. But you're basically sitting in a studio so it doesn't require a lot of a lot a lot of physical movement right and, and and like you said it's the technology of today allows us to do anything and everything we need to do you know what i mean so you know back when you know uh will for four wheel city started and when i started producing the internet wasn't there there wasn't any social everything was by foot you had to show up to places you had to be there so the fact that we have the right technology now to I can send Tap Waters a record right now. I can send Chris Brown, like you said, a record right now. I can send a record to Trey. I'm in New York, then in LA. So that makes it even better and even more opportunities for anyone that's disabled, you know, to be in the music game. 
So you think you think now because of the way that the music is being produced, and and so and everything is so much of it is online and remotely, that it, there there's actually a lot more opportunities than way ever more. before. Is that what you're saying? Way more way more opportunities. You know, you can get on social media, you know, press a button, and then you're in front of millions and billions of people at one time. You know, whether it's showcasing your ability, showcasing your talent, whether it's networking, you know, sliding somebody DMs, trying to get them a beat or trying to try to get them to hear a record or see a video, you know, sky's, sky's the limit in regards to what you can do on a technology level, you know, and even from a, from a venue perspective, like me touring for the last, you know, 13 years with Trey Songs, we have plenty of disabled fans that show up faithfully to see the shows. And I'm talking about that are in the front row or in positions where they can view the show no one is standing up, getting in their way so that they can enjoy themselves. And I would always take time, you know, to celebrate those individuals. I, was, I would always make sure I would give, you know, those fans my drumsticks at the end of the show just to appreciate for them coming out. Because I know it was a huge sacrifice for them to be there. They got dressed up, they fly, whether it was a male or female, you know, they focused, they're in the front row, they're singing every song. You know, they're showing so much love and they're not allowing that disability to stop them from having a great time. So I would always celebrate them and give them a pair of drumsticks. So, you know, I think the world is, is like from a technology standpoint, um, as Rick said, things are getting better in regards to accessibility. You know, people are, are really understanding and showing respect and appreciation for those that, that, that are disabled because they're people too. They have lives, they have breath in their bodies. They deserve the, uh, the utmost love, the utmost respect just like everyone else who's not disabled, you know? So I appreciate, you know, the steps that are being taken, you know, to make sure that they're good as well. Namel, do you feel, do you feel, do you, have you felt things really open up over the last couple of years for you guys? Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of crazy, like, because <laughs> me and Rick talk about it a lot. It's like, I feel like the, the whole music industry is coming into our space. Mm. Meaning like the way we've been working since we met in his house, Cause we can't go to the crazy studios. Everybody's sitting down recording now. Everybody's just like the way we've been working for years. Like everybody's working. Like before, we 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 didn't go to big studios because a lot of them wasn't wheelchair accessible. So we out of this is this picture's in Rick House. He's holding that MPC. I'm by his microphone, right? So now that's how everybody's recording the way we used to do, and people used to laugh at us because we couldn't get to the studio. Right. So I feel like, and then you look at what happened with the pandemic, the way everybody's communicating now just like this. So now it's like before, maybe they'll be like, oh, we can't do that because it's not accessible. But now it's like, oh, now we got y'all now because look, now everybody's in a situation where you can't go somewhere. So now everybody's speaking. So you can figure out a way for people to be out there if you really want to. So those things have opened up and we've, we've been really breaking barriers like in terms of like doing the music in the space of disability and bringing the disability into hip hop and what and what's been beautiful thing about that is that we've been we've been able to like be on a lot of um mainstream places that I've never seen somebody with a disability, especially doing hip hop. Definitely. And I want to I want to talk about that when we come back. We need to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about disabilities and hip hop with some trailblazers. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. What up? What up? What up? This is Styles Peter Ghost. And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics and real people only on Hot 97. Yeah. Ghost told you so. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about disabilities and hip hop with some trailblazers in hip hop. Joining me, Amadeus, multi-platinum music producer. Amadeus, great to have you with us. 
Appreciate you, Lisa, always. Always. Thank you so much. Also with us is Namel Tapwaters-Norris. He's a co-founder of Four Wheel City, the movement for improvement and a hip-hop artist. Namel, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thank yeah, you yeah. so much. Also with us is Rick Velasquez. He's a co-founder of Four Wheel City, and he's a music, also music producer. Rick, thank you so much for being with us. Having me. Rick, tell us about some of the things that are new that are happening when you, when you talk about bringing hip hop to the disability community and, and disability culture. Tell us some of the things that you're seeing happening and doing. Oh, what, what we starting to notice now that um, there are more commercials on TV where you see people with, with disability. That wasn't happening before. And I was, it's like, it's cool to be disabled now because just because you have a disability, that doesn't mean that you can't get fly. We we we, we still fly. Be careful. We, 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 the Mel and I see your girl, better cuff your girl. We coming. <laughs> so that's changing. It is a good thing. We still out here. Out we, here, we, we, out, we here out here, out here, still out here and still fly. Mm -hmm. That's a great thing. Namel, in terms of you, you had kind of a big year, though. 2021 has been a very big year for you guys. The, tell, us, tell us about why you wanted to address the Grammys about this issue. Yeah, so that, this, this has been going on. Um, so like from so last year, we um, we did a project with Apple with Stevie Wonder um, that was on that was on Apple. And that led into some other things that happened. And now we're in um, talks with the Grammys about um, bringing more dis disability into the light of the whole music landscape as a whole. Actually, after this, we're going to be doing a meeting with um, President um, Harvey Mason Jr. and Felicia, the Vice President. They they doing a conversation with the creators from the disability community, which is a very 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 big thing. It's groundbreaking what's happening, and it's and with and, and it's a beautiful thing because it's like. I feel like this is conversations that we always like. We we advocate for um like accessibility, like being able to get in the store. But as musicians, this has been one of the biggest things, conversations that we always been wanting to have. But we wanted to do it, always do it from a place of like accomplishment and a, and, and a place of being able to say like we have proof that what we're saying is true and fact. And that and that's where that's the position we are in now. And we come with credibility. So with the Grammys, it's like it's all about getting people to see um, the, the the culture. Because it's like a lot of times, it's like it might seem like we we asking for a handout when we when we really asking for a hand up. Like like show 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 us some um, support for what we're already doing. Like there like we just did a Disability Unite Festival um, a, a couple of weeks ago. What was part of Disability um, Pride uh, Month in July. And that, and it was like the first hip hop performance on Little Island, um, and down here in the city. And I just think things like that need to be celebrated and cultivated within the culture to bring us to the place we need to be. Like we should have like the biggest, the biggest artists in the world should be supporting things like this, and the biggest companies and the labels in the world should be supporting things like this. But I think they just don't understand it. So we're trying to be that bridge. And speaking with the Grammys, we're trying to hopefully get them to put incentives in a lot of these companies and these record companies back to get them to be like, well, we, we're looking for artists with disabilities who are dope. Why y'all don't have any on your roster? You know, things, just little things like that. And hopefully start building the, the, the foundation of just knowing like where it's just a natural thing. And it's not such a taboo thing where it's just, 
you see it, you hear it, and we we don't have to like change who and we people are. People feel uncomfortable and they don't know what to do, and then they just they just totally sideline. I'm a dance. What that, that's kind of Bronx attitude and a hip hop attitude too. Is like, don't give me a handout, just see me. Let me show you. Yeah, and that's 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 been you know the journey for me my entire career. Where it's like, and it, it, like I said earlier, it makes it made it even harder for us because we didn't have the internet, we didn't have the technology that exists today, where people could just see what you're able to do, you know? So we really had to show and prove from the ground up. Like I stood in front of, and, and, and Tap can relate to this, I stood in front of record labels, you know what I mean? I stood in front of studios, uh, stood in front of concert venues, waiting for somebody to leave or waiting for somebody to enter to hand them a beat tape, you know what I mean? And just, just to age myself and to date myself, like I had beats on a cassette tape that I was handing out to be seen and heard. So when you love something, you know, nothing and no one can stop you from doing that, especially when you love it. That's why I asked the youngest today, like, you know, that everybody want to be in music all of a sudden. Like, it's the cool thing to do, you know, right. for various reasons. It's, and it's like, you know, why do you want to be this? Why do you want to be an artist? Why do you want to be a producer? Why do you want to be a musician? And my first question is, do you love it? Is, a, is it a passion of yours? Because if it's not a passion and a love for yours, the game, the business, the work that it takes to make it, you will quit. You will throw in a towel. You will give up right. and do something else. You will go with plan B, C, and D. And that's one thing that, you know, we can all relate that's on here. I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have a plan C, E. It was A. It was A and it was music. It was and I this, know that this or nothing. Absolutely. This or nothing. People ask me, well, what would you be doing if you didn't do this? I have no idea. I probably wouldn't be alive because it's like I eat, feed, sleep, drink, music, and creativity. Rick, if you do, do you feel like it's getting in, in that this is giving you more drive? They have to drive, like you right. said. Just to echo what he said, he right about that. You gotta love his music. I, I love it. I don't do it for the money. It's funny how I got, I got a song like that. Don't do it for the money. Do it because you love it. Even if you wasn't getting paid, you would still do it. And that's what I do. I, I love his music. I wake up thinking music. Go to sleep thinking music. I was doing music before I came off it. Once I'm done, I'm gonna go back and finish up a beat I was doing. What do you what do you say what do you say, Rick? To let's say somebody's in your shoes now, you know, just got shot, finds out they're gonna be in a wheelchair, finds out they they can't move around like they used to move around, and they're they're feeling pretty hopeless because all their friends are out, you know, going to parties, they're graduating, they're doing all these these different things. What what do you say to that young man that's in that situation right now? I mean, you got to find that drive. Whatever you was doing before, you can't do it now. For me, luckily for me, it was music. I don't know. It might be into something else. Whatever it is, writing music. Music saved my life. So I would say to him is just just look for that one thing that, that drives you, that gives you drive to keep going. I don't know what it is. Music was my savior. For him, it could be something else. But it's still life, though. No, definitely. Namel, in, in terms of what what would you like to see the music industry do? First of all, I just wanted to ask you one other question because we're, we're kind of up against the clock here. You talk about the disability culture and it's mm -hmm. that it's worldwide. Can you explain that to us? Well, yeah, it's worldwide. Like that's that's something we learned like doing. We did we did um, one of the first shows we did was at a, a, a organization fundraising called the National Spinal Cord Injury and it was a bunch of people in wheelchairs there and we performed a song the movement that verse I spit and they all came and brought CDs afterwards and after that that changed my life like I went from, I went from doing open mics to being like I need to go to more uh, hospitals I need to go to more organizations with people in wheelchairs and we started doing that and what we discovered that 
there, there's so many events. There's so many radio stations. There's so many other talented artists. There's so many publications. We've been in so many. We've been on the front page of a magazine before, and it was it was a it was a, a, a um, magazine called a New Mobility. And what I'm saying is, is like the coat. There is a culture for people with disabilities that that has a market, and all those things come come into play when you're talking about marketing when you're talking about promotion when you talk about actually having the capability to express your art so the whole culture of that is is relatable as it goes to hip-hop culture too because it's like i look at them as one and the same because what hip-hop had to do within the music industry it had to prove itself hip-hop didn't get a lot of respect no 100 100 percent and that's what i see the disabled culture as it's like we don't get the respect but like when hip hop first started in the Bronx, they had a lot of things going on, but they had to get invested in, you know? So it's like, I feel like, I feel like the music industry need to take a look at this disability culture and, and come invest in it. Cause it, there's a return on investment in the long run because there's a market all over the world, like Paralympics, the, I performed at the Paralympics, uh, the music therapy, like Canadian Music Therapy Association. Like I put so many different things we have done that the music industry probably never heard of, but we had got paid for it and and they heard our music and we've been known for it. So that culture is cultivated and we've been, we trying to be the bridge to that. Um, so one way or another, like when we first started, we was like roll with it or get rolled over. So one way or another is like, at some point you got to roll with it. You're going to realize once we get to that place, like, wow, we should have, we should have messed with these guys the whole time because there's been a platform for it. And we, we've been like exposing that through a lot of our things that we have been doing and crossing over without and compromising who, we are. who you are, who you, who you are with like, not like, not saying, okay, I'm losing the baseball hat. I'm losing the hip hop look. I'm going to become something that I'm not, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware. Like I didn't realize there were so many opportunities like that and associations and groups and, and events and everything like that, where you're, you're basically, you're, you're really bridging that gap between hip hop and, and the disability community and people who are, who are not disabled. Even in the disability community, they didn't have a hip hop platform before. Right. So it goes both ways. It's not only that we're doing, we're actually doing something great for hip hop. Like I wanted to show this, like one of our first big things was this right here, right? This was in the daily news, right? And what they said, a hip hop bandwagon. That was in like 2006. And when I seen that, I was like, wow, like, so we just did something great for hip hop. And I didn't even, when we first started, I didn't really notice that. But when I seen how they did that, I was like, wow. So what we're doing is actually a tribute to hip hop too in the culture of hip hop. Like we're taking it into the disabled space. No, where absolutely. And, and expanding it, which is so, which is so cool. And it's been one of the themes of our, of all of our street, sold, of all of our street soldier shows really is just how hip hop is all these different genres, different communities, yeah. different parts, different parts of the world. Amadeus, in terms of what this is doing for hip hop, how how do you feel about what the guys are doing? I think it's fascinating, and um, as I'm sitting here, you know, on the show, I think one, it, it shout out to you, Lisa, for for allowing these kings to speak and be heard, and just to spread to the masses. My brothers, I'm proud of you guys. Um, as I'm sitting here and speaking on music. And my and what I do and, and the other things that people can do, I'm learning so much of all of the organizations and all of the opportunities that you guys have. And, and everything you're saying makes so much sense in regards to just getting the support and the backing you need, whether it's from the Grammys, whether it's from, you know, the record labels and from, you know, major artists. So I think, you know, once this is seen and this is heard 
And, and like you said, it's one thing to ask for something or to ask for help and not put the work in, but you guys did the opposite. You guys put the work in, you did the groundwork, you did the hustle and you figured it out on your own. And it's like, okay, we did all of this. Here's what we have to show for, right. you know, now can you help us? And I think that's the best way to do anything in life, but you hustle, you figure it out on your own. You present it on the, you, you, you present it on a platinum platter and you said, listen, you, you know, you, either you're rolling or you're getting rolled on. You know what I mean? So I think that you guys have put the work into that. Now you guys can get the love and support that you need. And I'm proud of you guys. And, I, and at least I think this is great. So salute to you, Queen, on, on giving these kings this amazing platform to be seen and heard. It's a blessing. Well, thank you so much, Amadeus. Thank you so much for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Uh, Namel Tapwaters Norris, thank you so much for being with us and uh, enlightening us and giving us an update. You're so humble about all the things that you guys are doing. So it's like, I'm, I got to pull that out of you to, to yeah, find, I mean, out, find out what's happening and what's going on. Thank you so much. If you guys want to find out more about uh, Four Wheel City, the easiest way to start is just go to YouTube, just type in the number four Wheel City and you'll see a lot of their music, their videos, all their information is, is, is going to come up like that. And of course, Amadeus, uh, Platinum Boy Amadeus, music on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter and everything else. Guys, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. This was very enlightening and uh, really, really inspiring. I really appreciate it. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.